Hello and welcome to Joko Yo. This podcast is all about elements of Johnston County, North Carolina's history. And it's also somewhat familiar to people from other places too that have seen things quite like what we have here. We may have different names and may have different events, but really uh, doesn't pretty much matter where you go, you're going to find some themes that, that you could probably relate to. Today we're going to um, try to bring to your attention, and if you don't already know the story, about uh, about a guy that really was not so unique in his time period, and except for, of course, um, his story is not really all by himself, although it sort of is. I'm going to start off with this, and you may be able to relate to this or not, don't really know, but I can tell you that I grew up in an era that, well, honestly, I didn't, it was after Watergate, I didn't have to worry about polio, but I also remember that we didn't have just easy medicines whenever we wanted it. Now, we had doctors, of course, and my area that I lived in was not so rural, it was a town, um, but doctors were expensive. At least that's what I was always told. And so when I come home from school, um, if I ever had any kind of situation where I was sick or feverish or just felt bad, I tried to hide it from mom because if she ever saw me or heard me coughing or saw me looking as she would say peaked, she'd say, you look sick. And you'd say, no, 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 mom, I'm not sick. You're sick. You're sick. We're going to see Uncle Brack. And that's, of course, what you dreaded because that meant that you got a good single break. Now, Uncle Breck was a fabulous fellow, really, really good guy. Um, kind of short World War II veteran, had this, had the famous comb over and always smelled like aqua velva. Um, always telling jokes, even very off-color jokes. And I don't think he really cared who the audience was. But Uncle Breck had uh, his own version of cough medicine. Uh, or, you know what, I say cough medicine, but it was just medicine in general. And so if you if you look sick or you seem like you felt sick, mom would take us over to Uncle Brack's house and he'd say, what's wrong with you, son? And you'd say, nothing. No, I know why you're here. You're sick, you wouldn't be here unless you were sick, come on. And of course you had to follow Uncle Brack. Now, mind you, I started um, having this treatment at five years old and I pretty much had this treatment going all the way up through high school. And so you follow Uncle Brack to his kitchen and I remember being at five years old and he'd say, all right, son. And he'd reach to his cabinet, pull out this bottle. Um, it didn't have a label on it. And so Uncle Brack would bring out his tablespoon and pour the ingredients in his tablespoon and say, open up. And you opened up your mouth. You didn't really want it because the minute it hit the back of your throat, fire went seemingly completely up your windpipe, your esophagus, and you turned into a dragon. So it was one tablespoon. And then if that was enough, you got a second tablespoon just for good measure. Now, in case you don't quite know, in case you haven't figured out, Uncle Brack's cough medicine was completely homemade. And it is mostly moonshine, a little bit of lemon juice and honey. And I don't really know if it ever cured me or not, but it sure as heck made a five-year-old kid not really care about it. Um, may have coughed, didn't really know it. Uh, may have had a fever, didn't really know it. And that's the value, that's the beauty of Uncle Breck's cough medicine. Um, another story too, I have a great-grandma. Again, you may have something similar to it, but my great-grandma, they would say, my family would always say that she would take two shots of moonshine every morning. 
um, ever since she was a kid. And if she had her moonshine that morning, she was as happy as she could be, friendly, of course. Um, if she didn't have her two shots, she was so mean that she would just as soon kill you as look at you. Don't know how true that is. I can tell you that um, she lived to be 95. Can't prove that's because of the moonshine. But I can tell you that her hair turned completely white by the time she was 21. Don't know, but that's my great-grandma. And it's really not that unusual, obviously. I'm sure you've heard the stories about how before the FDA, before federal regulations in the late 1800s, early 1900s, you'd have, you know, these, these, these pharmacists or druggists would make their own medicine and medicines in-house, like my Uncle Brack. Um, like, you know, you know the story about Coca-Cola, uh, Dr. Pemberton in Atlanta, how it was a cough syrup at first, and how Brad's drink and New Bern became Pepsi Cola. It's really just cough medicines and cough syrups trying to keep you from, you know, feeling sick. Well, again, not that unusual. In fact, uh, Johnston County, North Carolina, had a similar situation. You had we had a guy named Lunsford Richardson. Lunsford Richardson was, um, he grew up on a farm like a lot of people did, uh, late 1800s. And um, this guy was well enough off that he was able to attend college. He went to Davidson College and received a degree in Latin, which these days is like, oh man, what a waste. But apparently back in the late 1800s, a degree in Latin qualifies you to be a pharmacist. So, so the guy starts practicing medicine. No one to stop him. So he starts practicing medicine. And he, you know, it's, it's not that easy getting started out. So he did have help from an uncle, I'm sorry, a brother-in-law who was a doctor. Um, and I uh, gave him some advice, maybe sent him some patients. And so eventually this, uh, this Lunsford Richardson's going to buy a drugstore in Selma, North Carolina. And so he's going to take this and that, try to make this cough medicine, try to make this other cure for dropsy or whatever dropsy is. Um, this guy is going to invent 21 different medicines, but he just seems to believe very, very strongly in a new and a very obscure medicine at the time that came from Japan that, that they called menthol. So he invented 21 medicines, basically had menthol, cough medicine, menthol this, menthol that. Um, and one thing in particular that seemed to really stick and seemed to be different than all the other medicines around was that he was able to develop a salve uh, using menthol, which was designed to help cure croupy babies. That's why he said in particular croupy babies. Again, 21 medicines, 21 names. Um, he actually decided to honor his brother-in-law who helped get him started in medicine with this particular name. Um, he named the medicine after his brother-in-law. Um, his brother-in-law was named uh, Dr. Joshua Vick. And you may kind of get it by now that is a drugstore, a drug salve that you rub on a baby's chest, last name of Vick. Yeah, you're pretty much getting the name of Vick's Vapo Rub. Well, it's not going to be big, like usually these medicines start really small and don't really um, make a whole lot of uh, impact on the medical scene. So, uh, Doc, Mr. Richardson is going to sell his store in Selma not long after getting started and buy another store um, in Greensboro, which was owned by um, the uncle of a man named William Sidney Porter. You may, if you know much about American literature, his uh, William Sidney Porter's name or his his 
nom de plume, so to speak. His writer's name is O. Henry. So, he tried to get a little bit bigger by opening this store up in Greensboro. And, of course, he struggled because, again, 21 products using the same formula. And so, he never really took off until his son tried a new approach. See, of the 21 medicines, 20 were kind of like everybody else's. Much like with the colas, you got Pepsi and you had RC and then you had the knee high, which some people say was is drastically different. Uh, you had all these different kinds of colas, a double cola, well, that, that's sort of the problem. And the only one real unique medicine that Dr. Vic or Lunsford Richardson um, came across that no one seemed to have was this salve. So his son tried a new approach. He sort of abandoned the other 20 and focused on the marketing of this one miracle salve, this thing called VapoRub. And that, I know it sounds cliche-ish, but that's pretty much history. And Vicks VapoRub was done. Now there's also Vicks 44 cough medicine, which has a which has a connection back to the Lunsford Richardson past. And Again, that's just what that is. I will tell you there's some more stuff too. The uh, the, the Richardson uh, company much later on is going to, again, stay in business for quite a while. It's going to, in the 1950s, acquire the rights to sell a drug that's been pioneered in Germany called thalidomide. They, they tried to sell thalidomide here. If you know much about medical history in the United States, 1950s, thalidomide it was directly tied to birth defects in children. And so they, they never really could get it off the ground here the way they wanted to. And I will say that one reviewer, a lady named Frances Oldham Kelsey, she heard about what was going on, didn't really worry about the fake test that the Richardson company was putting out. I mean, a fake, but, but you know, they really want to sell the product. And she denied this product from being released by the FDA seven times. It was such a big deal that this act later resulted in something called the Kelsey Award given by the FDA. Um, she received the very first one in 2010. She was also awarded, uh, received an award for Distinguished Federal Civilian Service by John F. Kennedy himself for keeping thalidomide out of the hands of pregnant ladies in the United States. So, so, all that, all that happening, it's, again, FDA yes, FDA no, but that's the story of the Vicks Vapor Rub and Lunsford Richardson, a North uh, Johnston County guy that, that tried, and eventually the company made good, even though it had a pretty big misstep. Yeah, I don't know how many of you ever really used Vicks Vapor Rub. Um, again, speaking of family, I do have a family friend that, uh, that she said her father believed in Vicks VapoRub so much that this guy decided that it was so much of a miracle drug. His grandmother had uh, had sworn by it. His great-grandmother sworn by it. This guy decided he was going to start his day with a tablespoon of Vicks VapoRub in his mouth. And he swallowed Vicks, a tablespoon of Vicks VapoRub, ate it every single day. Now how, I don't know. Um, all the stories show the man was never sick. He seemed to never get a cold, never seemed to get a cough, and the guy ate Vicks Vapor Rub every morning until he died in the age of 55 um, with esophageal cancer. But, but you know, there's 
there's a limit to everything, I suppose. And um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's going to conclude this one. And hey, man, I don't know if you have seen, we are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Open Podcasts. We're all over the place. It just just got started. You know, they're they're getting improved day by day. And just stay tuned. And more is coming. Hopefully Friday, and I hope you have an excellent week.